Hello and welcome to this episode of Better Off Red. This is episode 105. Um, it's the 19th in our Elements series. Um, it's getting on for October. Well, we're in October, but I was thinking it's getting on for November. Oh, the year's gone so fast. So this is the final um, season in the series where we've looked at different elements of craft. And this is our character season. Um, I had grand designs to call this person. Um, because of that way we would have had four P's and that seemed nice Um, but I think there's something weird about the word person that it it feels a little bit limiting to what I was hoping to talk to people about so this idea of character I really like the way it sort of has connotations um, around personality as much as around bodies and space yeah there's something nice about it anyway so there's my thinking we are talking about character and um, in this first um, episode that's part of the character season I get to talk to Rachel O'Neill which is always so cool for me Um, I'm always very grateful um, to be talking to Rachel Um, conversations with them always seem to come at exactly the right time for me Um, and I guess I just want to sort of say a particular thank you to Rachel Um, this chat was so helpful for me for my own writing and also it just helped me sort of fall a bit in love with writing again so yeah thank you Rachel it's awesome so um, what are we talking about so as the sort of starting point for this conversation Rachel chose this amazing short film by Andrea Arnold it's called Milk um, and there is a link to that on our website better-red.com and you can or on the show notes for um, this on your podcast app as well you can also um, click there and go through just a content warning on that um, the film does deal with the death of a baby and sort of deals with the grief that results from that so um, yeah it's it's not it's not light content so um, please um, be judicious about when and if you watch that if you don't watch it I think you'll still be able to get quite a lot out of the conversation so yeah so um, yeah Here's Rachel and me um, talking about character, um, thinking about Andrea Arnold's film Milk, but there are a few other things that we talk about. And yeah, so thank you very much. This was recorded up at the um, IIML at Victoria University of Wellington. So um, thank you again um, for the lovely writers in residence room where I have been allowed to record a lot of these podcasts. Um, Also thank you to Copyright Licensing New Zealand um, for funding this element series. And yeah. I hope you enjoy um, the podcast and at the end of our conversation I will be offering um, an exercise of sorts or a way to maybe respond to the conversation we've just had. Oh, just one more thing. I just remembered. Um, this is an exciting time. Rachel's new book, um, Requiem for a Fruit, um, is out on We Are Babies, magnificent We Are Babies. And um, there's a link on our website um, that will get you um, to a place where you can read about um, Rachel's new book, but you can also um, pre-order it there if you feel so um yeah um what's the word if you feel so inclined um yeah I'm, I'm extremely looking forward to it I got a bit of a sneak peek and it's an amazing amazing book and yeah we are babies are amazing too so there you go that's everything and yeah I hope you enjoy this conversation thank you so much Hi, Pip here. Just with a small note for clarification, at about 34 minutes into the podcast, Rachel mentioned Steve Carr and Casey. Just to clarify, the Casey that we're referring to is Casey Zilbert. So that's Steve Carr and Casey Zilbert. Thanks heaps. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Kia ora, Pip. I'm well. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for coming today. I'm very excited to talk about all the things that we're going to talk about today. So, um... For starters, I was wondering if you would be willing to introduce yourself, um, however you'd like to do that. My name is <laughs> Rachel O'Neill, <laughs> and um, I was born in Tokoroa, um, and I grew up in the Waikato, uh, and I now live and work um, between Wellington and the Kapiti Coast. Uh, I am a, a writer and a visual artist. And uh, I decided that I needed to do one more apprenticeship as well. So I, um, I spend a lot of my time filmmaking um, at the moment. 
Uh, and uh, I am Pākehā and I identify as a queer, non-binary person. Awesome. That, I didn't realise you had roots in Tokoroa. Uh, briefly, yes. Wow. So my parents lived there for a year um, after I was born and then we moved um, to uh, the Waikato where yeah, I spent my childhood. Man, mm. such a beautiful part of New Zealand, eh? Yeah. Oh, I love it up amazing. there. I love it up there so much. Um, now, you have offered us a magnificent subject for this conversation about character. I was wondering, do you want to introduce the film that you've chosen? Because it, it was new to me and I really enjoyed it. I have chosen Andrea Arnold's uh, short film Milk. And Andrea Arnold is a British filmmaker. She's uh, produced some um, incredible films particularly about uh, women and uh, she approaches I guess she approaches subjects like femininity um, or female experience in a very sort of slant and um, uh, uncharacteristic way and she's not afraid of sort of like fully going with taboos mm, yeah <laughs> and so this short film is quite simple it's it's about a woman who's um lost a child and uh it explores um in a way her grieving process uh but it's very sort of um subtly um interrogated like um what what a grieving uh, sort of contrasting what we expect a grieving process to look like with her own um sort of um very um yeah it's just a, a I guess an a, over a day a sort of evolving scenario and um yeah I guess I want more people to watch this amazing short film and uh, all of other Andrew Arnold's films are definitely um worth watching as well yeah one of the things like I might I might misquote you um but I really like the way the story is built so much on relationships, if you know what mm. I mean. And, you know, like, there's a chance meeting mm. and sort of people that might not normally meet. Mm. And that seems to set a lot of the plot in motion or, you know, a lot of the other elements of the story are kind of set in motion by these two characters. Mm. And I think that when we were first talking about this, you said, you raised this idea that when we talk about character, maybe we're talking about relationships. Mm. And I wonder, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? That that interested me, and the more I think about it, the more I'm seeing it in lots of places. Yeah, yeah I think definitely in terms of um, uh, this film, there uh, there's two, I guess, two or three key uh, relationships. So uh, there's sort of um, her relationship with her partner, and his very different, um, perhaps more conventional grieving process. Mm. Uh, and then there's um, uh, the, her relationship with this, um, like, uh, young um, sort of delinquent that she randomly bums a smoke off and they spend the day together. Mm. Um, and uh, then there's also, I guess, the, her relationship with her, um, the child she's lost and um, or, or something in herself and stuff. Uh, I guess what I really like with um, uh, what's explored between her and um, the, the like the young stranger she meets is um, the when the short film starts. I had very you know I made judgments about these people. I was like, here's a very sort of um, comfortable middle class uh, woman in a in a secure heterosexual relationship um and um and and she's you know she's they've got a baby on the way and um uh and then um uh you know she she lo she loses the child and um on yeah I, I guess at a certain point um she her grieving process drifts away from her partners and I guess that's when she meets the like this young man on the street, and um, it, there's also this nice thing where like I felt myself making initial judgments about him as well, and I guess that's what I what I enjoyed about how this short film worked is that it's it's slowly um, like it, it's sort of like a this is kind of a gross way of describing it, but like a rotting away or or like a decomposing of um, sort of 
prejudices and assumptions and stereotypes and just meeting these two kind of you know people in both in sort of in a, in a vulnerable moment and how they choose to um, how they kind of choose that vulnerability in a way and, and how they choose to connect and I guess that the kind of fearlessness of that so you know stepping out of this sort of um, it's kind of like stepping out of a narrative comfort zone or, or a, um, a mythological comfort zone is at the same time as it is a very sort of ordinary human um, process that's explored. Yeah, because I know just as you're talking and when I was thinking about it, I was drawing like this little map of the relationships, you know, like mm. husband, wife, mother, child, mm. you know, like his parents, I think, mm. come, you know, like, and there's all these um, sort of lines, that thing you're talking about, you know, structures that I think you could call conventional or mainstream mm. or, you know, like this is the shape of a family, you know, mm. this is what it looks like. And sort of the child dying sort of throws one of those sort of lines in a different way. Mm. And then what starts to happen is there's this quite radical shift of who people trust and who people are getting their comfort from. Mm. And, and, and I thought that was really amazing. Like... And it did make me start to think about this idea that, you know, it kind of, and I guess, I don't know, what do you think about this? Like, I was thinking that in some ways it relies on my cultural understanding of, you know, a, mm. a, a typical thing mm. for her to be able to break it a little bit, you know, because there isn't yes. a lot of time where we get to know, we're getting to know them kind of in the conversations they're having and stuff, eh? Yeah, and that's something um, I... Um, I read uh, Kazuo, I, I love Kazuo Ishiguro's mm -hmm. um, novels and um, I read some of the, his interviews and he talked about um, The Remains of the Day, which isn't like my favourite book of his, but um, he talked about how he, all what he really focused on was the kind of cultural understandings of, the, of what an English butler is. And then he worked his own magic within, you know, or, or um, sort of, uh, yeah, I guess sort of infiltrated that, all those sort of um, uh, assumptions and stereotypes and a kind of collective knowledge and, um, yeah, cre created his own sort of, um, like, yeah, human being um, in connection to that. Um, so yeah, I guess it, I guess it can be very useful um, to um, yeah understand I guess as much as you can what um, yeah what what are the what are readers going to bring mm. um, to uh, the surface of this role or or um, this time and this place and then um, how can I from a writer's perspective. Um, how can I um, uh, sort of use that to create surprise or to, um, yeah, to kind of unsettle again um, what, what we've received? Yeah. Because I really love that idea. Like, I was just thinking, this is a question for writing film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was just thinking, like, so I think when I write, I really really rely on interiority like I'm kind mm. of like oh that person will now reflect on an earlier experience or they will make a judgment and we will get to see that when you're writing film how what what are you left with as far as character goes like mm. how do you transmit character like mm. what 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 yeah like I, I imagine there's some really great it seems like the key of it you know the, the nub of it is like I guess a person can tell us how they feel but then there's that yeah. great thing in film where they tell us how we feel and we're like Ooh. yeah <laughs> uh yes that um so essentially with film all you have is images and sound mm. and uh you um and with drama all you have is your characters mm. if you're deal if you're sort of working in a sort of genre territory you have again all those sort of um, tropes and assumptions from those genres that um, sometimes you can hide behind a little bit, and or they're, or they're useful, um, but yeah, in a drama you really just have your characters, 
and in a way um, interiority I think is dispersed um, and interrogated like indirectly so um, <laughs> it's, it's a bit hard to explain but I guess you have uh, things like uh, where your film is set and when it's set um, who are the people living there um, what is happening um, uh, culturally and politically uh, and uh, and in a way it, it going back to the relationships that element mm, again yeah. it becomes I think a lot about re uh, in in um, performance uh, in acting it, you you talk a lot about act, um, action and reaction uh, between um, like scene partners or and I think um, how you um, reveal uh, what's going on inside, if that's what you're interested in. Uh, it is through how these different characters um, are reacting. And uh, and I guess kind of like, uh, in a drama anyway, there's a bit of, um, I guess in, so in some cases it's, it's an unleashing of carnage. <laughs> Uh, or um, or it's a very subtle transition, um, or it, or it could be as um, a, you know I've seen films that like pivot on like someone's movement in a room, like uh, so it can be um, you know uh, bombastic, you know uh, conflict, or it or it can be more subtle. It must be incredible to work. I know this is a dumb thing to say because it's probably not something people think about, but like, I'm just thinking to move between genre, mm. they must feed each other so well. Like I was mm. just thinking, like that um, that thing you're talking about, like nothing but sound and image. Mm. Like I was just thinking of what an amazing constraint. And what, mm. like, you know, what do they call it? Like, resistance training. That must totally. be when you go back yeah. to the page and you're like, whoa! <laughs> and kind of like, oh, I'm free. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, um, strangely, you do still think about in film is point of view. Wow. Uh, so, generally, a scene will be guided by one character's point of view, though it can um, shift in, in the scene. Uh, and that can be very revealing. So mm. once you've set that up, set you know sort of established character for the audience, um, uh, yeah, point of view and what's big. I guess that's another interesting thing we could talk about is like, like what you focus on, um, is uh, <laughs> is important, <laughs> or 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 it is it is what makes the story. Mm. Uh, so, um, yeah, maybe we'll have to return to that so I can uh, elaborate. But I was thinking, even in the film, like, you know, you're often, very early on, I found myself noticing what, um, you know, the, the, the sort of mother character was noticing, mm. you know, like, that was what I was noticing, you mm. know, and, like, I was thinking even, even that simple decision that, it's her day we follow, we don't mm -hmm. follow, you know, the, even those very simple things tell us something about, even though the other person's not in the room, you know, like mm -hmm. the, there's that one very cool scene where um, the father and his family go to the memorial, mm -hmm. well, it takes place on the day and she does not go, and there's just this very short, beautiful scene with him being there, and just the way that he is tells us you know it's just so clever. yeah the it's contrast so between how how they're grieving and I was I felt a bit mean but I sort of I sort of la felt like laughing when I saw him you know solemnly you know solemnly at the graveyard and and so there's something quite subversive um yeah uh, about those contrasts and um I, I love in the in the short um again how we're sort of drawn to her um, and it's sort of we focus a lot on her on her reactions mm, to mm. Um, what's happening or um, the other characters so um, you know she's she's um, a, a mirror but she's also um, 
sort of conveying a sense of what's going on for her by how she reacts Mm -hmm. Um, because in some of those scenes we bring our assumptions to what we think she's seeing (laughs) and so you know they um, become useful you know useful yeah one thing I'm really interested in and I didn't I didn't what's the word called that I'm looking for I don't think I prepared you for this question so you don't have to answer it but one thing I am thinking especially and what I'm writing at the moment, I'm thinking a lot about, you know, like, character is important, but what is it to write a character that is so different Mm -hmm. from the beings that are reading it? Mm -hmm. Like, have you got any thoughts about how to build character? I'm thinking, like, I've read, um, I keep thinking of your wonderful piece that's in um, One Human and High, the the, um, people that dive. Oh, the Kafka divers. Yeah, the Kafka divers. Like, I'm kind of like, yes. You know, they're, they're humans. But I just mean, like, these experiences that are so different from what we're walking around in. Mm. I just wonder, like, do they always have to link back to a human experience, do you think? Or is there a way of creating something that is so different? I, I would love to think that there is. Um, I guess one of the things I was thinking about... In- uh, knowing I was gonna, we were gonna talk about character, was uh, I guess questions of interiority and like, um, you know, we are very used to kind of like um, psychological approaches to character, all that centre um, ideas of inside and outside. Uh, so I am myself very interested in like yeah, d- sort of playing with those things and. Um, uh, particularly when it comes to things like singularity and collectivity or or even thinking like what is the imagination Mm -hmm. and like is it really you know trapped in in you know what you know trapped in in a single person or or um or I guess um what perhaps is um becoming more common is or more ideas of um, like collectively informed imagination and mm. uh, um, sort of uh, and also across time as well. So um, uh, you know, I guess if you're thinking about imaginations connecting, whether they're human or something different, um, yeah, I think that's that's quite exciting and. Um, and I definitely think it's important to interrogate those those assumptions. Uh, and I guess sort of coming back to maybe that point, which I'll keep trying to make, <laughs> even though I'm not quite sure what I'm trying to say, but like what you focus on speaks so much to what you have to say, I think. So, you know, I guess... And on a humble note, in my own practice over sort of the last five or six years in particular, I've and moving into film perhaps is like you know what what am I here to say, and and really having a strong grasp of, um, of that and and bringing that to um, you know to the different um, mediums or or genres that I'm working in, uh, and I guess what becomes interesting perhaps. <laughs> within a storytelling, the current storytelling culture is that uh, um, we come across perhaps outside limits or deterrence of pushing those boundaries. But I think if you like stay true to what you're there to say uh, and, um, and build that into your work, like build it, build it into the soul of your work, mm-hmm. um, then... Um, yeah, I think that uh, um, yeah, it's like crucial and yeah, and perhaps that allows these the like you your the work you described sounds amazing like this alternate being um, and um, yeah, and I think you know like it it's sort of um, oh yeah I think I'm getting too meta but I was just thinking I, something that's always interested me about acting. And, like, you gave that incredible... That Miranda Harcourt exercise is so amazing. Mm. I just can't stop thinking about it. Um, and 
I'll put a link to that so people can see it. But I was just thinking, just that thing of, I think the thing that interests me about acting is that um, it's kind of your, if you're an actor, your body's kind of like mm. the instrument that you play or whatever, you know, mm. like that's, you know, the thing that you inhabit differently in different places. And sometimes I wonder, I wonder if writing's a bit like that as well, if you know what I mean, mm. that it's our experience experience I don't, mm. I don't know what I'm trying to say like I guess I'm yeah I just I'm quite interested in this play between I loved what you said and I'm just interested in this play between my character and the character yes. you know, if there's a relationship between the characters and the story then surely there's a relationship between my character and these characters you know my character as writer yes and these characters I don't know I, I really want to talk about out of that um I, I just thought I'd quickly describe the Miranda yeah, clip. Yeah, that'd be great. That it's a, a very simple, um, uh, it's just a simple clapping game that two actors play to build connection. Uh, and then um, uh, she descri- she quotes, I think it's, is it Einstein? Um, yes. And she, and she describes the acting process kind of as he, like he wasn't talking about acting, but, <laughs> but like I think it was spooky action at a mm. distance. Um, which is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but again, um, going back to your first question about relationships, it's, it's um, I guess it's centering connection. And I guess um, thinking about like what's happening, what, how are these two characters, their movements and interactions or lack of them, um, how is that actually creating space? Or like how yeah like how is that actually creating the fabric of of this world? So not only taking the world the story world to be given, but that they're actually like create creating it. Um, and then in terms of the actors, if you if if you think if you think about that in terms of a script, then the um, uh, the performance. Um, you know, literally sort of interrogate everything again. Uh, one, one of the great things, uh, like as a director working with actors, is you go into the script and you, you totally interrogate it and you, um, like you look for things, um, like things called like mystery lines. Cause, so you're like, what the hell does that line actually mean? Like, or, or that ellipsis, like, what what do you think they were actually going to say? And so so you sort of um, and then and then you kind of maybe have a you know two or three interpretations of what the scene um, might actually be about. And yeah, you can kind of play with those and yeah, and then sort of settle on <laughs> hopefully one. But yeah, you might try out a couple of different things and yeah. It's just I I constantly get jealous of people. Um... Yeah, of people who have collaborated, you know, like, I, I think, you know, like, I started off at film school and yes. I miss it so much, yes. and I just think, I'm, I feel like I've been trying to call my way back into some kind of collaborative process ever since, but how, what does that, is, do you build that into your writing for the page, or do you, like, is the writing for the page kind of a less collaborative process or what you know what is that like like um yeah you know your your book's coming out soon December right mm. yeah and I just wonder like I know it's a collection of a lot of work that you've done over time but mm. what's what I guess I think what I'm asking from the bottom of my heart is why would you write for the page when you have this amazing other you know way of writing but yeah I don't know you mean um f- like film collaboration yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um I guess uh, I guess that's why I do film because I know that after like two years of like slaving away at the script, um, you know, I, there's a chance that I'll be able to, you know, um, make make these films with um, a group of people, a group of insanely talented people, who will bring like things that I don't have, mm, mm. and. That I guess there's I guess that's the the that's the spooky magic. Yeah. Um. And I guess something I've I've come to realize about myself is that some of the some of the best moments for me are when I improvise 
or so I I love to be prepared. I mm. won't lie. <laughs> but, Readable. Yeah, but like you know, you prepare, and then um, and then like and then there's just life and chaos, and so um, and and you get to kind of build something that didn't exist. It didn't exist before, and it wasn't planned. Mm. Um, so it's trusting. Um, it's trusting that that's like. Uh, that's a human capacity that like is worth or that's that's really valuable and um so I guess I just like being able to look forward to that that part of it um and but yeah there's also the reality that that doesn't happen without the script mm. and if you have things to say you you know I I feel it's um really worth putting in the effort to to get this you know to get a script um, yes, you know, like singing in, in that particular voice that you need to needed to sing in. And there yeah. is that interesting thing, eh? Like, I, I don't know, like, one thing that I remember about writing scripts for other people to direct, it was a really interesting process. This thing you were talking about, about space before, like mm. leaving enough space in the script that, the, that spooky magic could happen, mm. but also making sure that... You know, there, there is this, you know, I do have something to say and I don't yeah. want, you know, the work kind of saying something different in someone else's hands. So it's quite, do you, like, do you I, always I direct your work or? Um, oh, sorry. Oh, you yeah, no. Um, I, um, I am writing, t- uh, I do write to, to direct, mm. but um, I'm also really keen to. Um, direct um, from other other writers mm, mm. and I've had advice um, from like a like a, um, a, a, a script a script writer I really admire that you should direct other people's mm. work um, and um, I guess there are two different hats so I have to take off my writer's hat to step into the director's hat because mm. I'm no longer honoring the script I'm honoring this next collaborative mm. phase of the project which probably script the scriptwriter should feel really worried about which is me <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also this nice bit it, there's like th- sort of three editing phases or there's the writing phase production phase and then there's the editing mm. and so they're all sort of three stages of storytelling um, that um, yeah are more or less collaborative, but um, yeah that they require because at the editing stage you've only got the images and sound that you you've got. So you, so it's how to make the story. It's what the story is after that sort of series of translations, um, which is like terrifying. Like um, I still remember like editing. <laughs> Uh, the a short the short film I did last year, and the first edit when you put it together the assembly it's just like what have I done <laughs> like <laughs> it's so um yeah but yeah you just sort of gotta like again it's another storytelling process and it's like excavating yeah the story from yeah from what you've got and um which is another cool, cool challenge um, mm. I you said this cool thing that um Steve Barr said to you and I'm gonna I think I'm gonna read it this idea of dysfunctional people wandering around in functional people suits and I just I think I just want to ask you to talk about that because I just find that so interesting because Mm. I sort of have yeah that there's something beautiful about it it feels like a slightly different way of looking at it Mm. to me like that that and I might be reading it wrong, but this idea that it's the attempt to be functional that is the interesting thing. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to talk about? I just think it's the most wonderful quote for all writers of character. I yes. Think it's amazing. I had the same. I guess I was drawn to it for the for similar reasons. So I'm um, Steve Barr and um, uh, Casey ran um, some uh, eat workshops that ran in Wellington, mm-hmm. and this was one of the things he said. It, one of their sessions um and yeah I just um I was I guess it was interesting to think about how how tension or conflict could arise from uh uh how we um 
or this tension between um, <laughs> this sort of perception we have of who we are and then who we are actually <laughs> and then other people's uh, perceptions of us um, and I guess perhaps that goes back to your question again about you know is it like what what are we what are we saying when we when we talk about character or um, and, and do they have to be recognize recognizable to us as as characters um, so I guess it's um, in a simple way uh, how a character presents themselves to another character can be very revealing uh, and especially if we have a sense of who of who the character really is or who they are when they're not um, sizzling with this other person <laughs> but again it's um, I was thinking about how like like do we really know who we are like like uh, that constant sort of questioning and um, uh, this sort of um, like everyone's so different like we all have our own sort of um, motivations and sort of uh, being and um, so, so what drives us and um, you know some people you know or some characters it could be just a, a quest for, for understanding or or a quest for connection uh, and you know th those are two great places from which drama arises <laughs> but um, yeah drama also doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be um, arguments and um, or even passive-aggressive arguments it can be, <laughs> it can be um, yeah it could be like a tra like a transformation or a shift or you know that 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 thing that that one character does in that room that like changes everything for everyone mm. um, yeah because I sort of I guess one of the things that idea of us not kind of knowing who we are like mm. that's very attractive to me um and I was just wanting to go back to something you were talking about before like when we were talking about um like I I think I'm talking about that word stereotype you mm. know or, and I don't mean that in any derogatory way I just mean like the and you talk about myth I think we talked about myth, but you know there's mm. stories that we've told and we keep telling mm. you know and are, are sort of we're brought up on and then uh shown to us in media and stuff like that and this idea that sometimes I, I find myself trying to fit myself into that narrative if you know what I mean yeah. like sort of thinking oh am I the hero or the villain you know for something so yeah. simple you know like am I the hero or the villain and I just think there's something so interesting in your work where a I think that thing you said about not it not having to be about conflict because I'm very mm. interested in that you know like what happened is, is there a way to write story without conflict and the second thing is just this idea that, you know, like, th there's almost this wonderful thing where there's, there's the stories are sitting there and then there's almost the awareness that the stories have affected us and then this sort of forging mm. of a new, you know, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. Have you got any thoughts on that big word salad that I just threw at you? But yeah, it's not like, a word salad, it makes oh, total oh, sense. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, can we write a story without conflict? Um, I just are suffering that thing where you, like I like where you have like three things that you want to say at oh, once and okay. then they all go. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 like, my fault. Just, uh, <laughs> so um, just before the conflict thing, mm. um, can you just go over that again? I think what I was saying was that idea that there are stories that affect us. Is that what I was talking oh, about? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, what I was gonna say is that. Um, there's sort of three things. So one is that um, as as people, I get, and also perhaps if you have any experience as like someone from a minor, minority mm. inverted commas group, or um, uh, if you if you're sort of um, um, already sort of perce sort of perceive and experience the world um, perhaps uh, outside of a um, a mainstream perspective. Mm. Mm. Um, I guess I've always been aware that it's important for me to write from what's important to me. Mm. So not write against, you know, or simply spend my time going into bat against um, perhaps ideas or structures that don't have meaning for me. 
but instead to just like just totally go there with um yeah what what I feel is important to talk about and what I, I and I say I I I but um I'm someone who's also been very like influenced by like my friends and um, people who've become important in my life and I've always felt um like huge a huge amount of gratitude to have um people I've been able to learn to learn so much from and uh, I also like I guess I'm also attracted that to that in characters as well and this you know because it undermines this idea of um you know of a static identity or um you know we're constantly coming into contact with um new people and um different ideas and 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 questioning um i guess um tony morrison has that great quote about um i'm not interested in in exploring an idea i'm interested in exploring the vulnerability of an idea like um yeah i i um not so much like this is what i know and think but do i you know <laughs> is this is this true and and um you know um what happens if I go if I if you know she's exploring something she doesn't know and and what comes from that um so like in life we have um I guess that's something that I focus on is just sort of like going going sort of straight with what I see as important but then within I guess you also mentioned we inherit these sort of storytelling um sort of um, structures and containers that in a way sort of work in a similar way but it's very useful to understand them <laughs> so you can kind of because in a way um, uh, some like uh, a, 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 lot, a, a portion of people have you know that you might be communicating with have been influenced by these sort of containers and um, and have expectations that they're going to bring. So I think it can be useful to um, understand um, understand that. But I'm also someone who's like, um, like don't make assumptions. Like, um, uh, you know, if if I'm also not making assumptions, then chances are my readers are also, um, you know, uh, questioning and um, uh, yeah. So. I guess there's this great thing, I'll just quote <laughs> Ursula Le Guin as well, in, in, in one of her essays she talks about how storytelling is um, so much about, like I think she says something like teaching the art of listening, uh, and to me that's like so, um, so beautiful, so it's, it's like you're not delivering a message all so so when I say um, when I was saying before how I have an idea of what I want to say it's not that I have this message but I have this kind of um, I want to raise a certain set of questions and I hope to ask people to engage as listeners so that's kind of like the skills of like discernment and perception and um, and intimate connection of, of imaginations and so so it's this um it's this in a way it's like it's in a way it's not knowing what not what I want to say but the sort of experience I hope to offer that also includes perhaps experiences of like confoundedness or or like um, confusion or like joy or ecstasy uh, so yeah and I think that's more expansive than like you, you were saying about sort of a, a very limited psychological understanding of conflict mm. um, so yeah anyway those are a few thoughts <laughs> and, and I, I um oh my god I, every time I come to I feel like my life changes um that, that is Likewise. so interesting because like I was just thinking that this I, I often do find myself thinking I want to break this rule or mm. I want to I want to deconstruct this story or mm. I want to subvert this idea that we've got whereas what I'm hearing is that this approach where it's more like 
you know, not almost not even thinking about those existential, <laughs> well, you know, knowing they're there and understanding them, but like it feels like a much more joyful kind of process. Like mm. it sounds like, and I'm hearing more and more of that. I'm, I'm loving, you know, there seems to be a lot more conversation about this that maybe, you know, decolonization is the colonizer's mm. job and maybe mm. you know like people are allowed to enjoy them you know that mm. you know this is this is what it's about it's about enjoying ourselves rather than thinking oh we have to teach or we have to yeah and and i just love this idea that word expansive i think describes what i'm hearing yeah yeah and i've also been thinking that maybe it's like or a question that i have is like like it's sort of like accounta like accountability so it's not, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of accountability and positioning. So, um, you know, as Pākehā, I have a set of responsibilities and accountability. And as a storyteller, I want to be clear about how that's going to inform my approach to, to um, you know, to, to my work. Um, and similarly, as, as a queer person... Um, and then, you know, um, uh, and then, um, yeah, other, pri- other sort of privileges, um, sort of, in, um, inform my, um, scope and awareness as well. But yeah, with accountability, I think it allows a sense of like, what am I here to do? And also that I'm part of like, I'm part of what's, I'm part of what's happening, and I and it, I'm connected to what's been, what's here, and what and what's, you know, what the future is that we're that we're shaping, um, and so how from this little kind of set of, you know, <laughs> tools that I have, um, and that and that have come to me, and yeah, how, how do I work with? work with those and then there's quite a I think there's quite a lot of joy in that because that means we need everyone you know we need everyone to bring their you know their like (laughs) tools (laughs) (laughs) or like magic or or beauty or like you know innate sort of human worth to the table and yeah, and then we like yeah we we learn we have the chance to learn from each other and and share the load, but also understand our unique kinds of accountability as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I think, like to me, is so interesting about. Oh, sorry, this is going off in a very boring thing, but I was just thinking about like I think I did the whole philosophical work. <laughs> okay, I'll talk about things. I'll talk about tools. Um, but I was thinking, I was thinking about this sort of democratization, maybe that's happening. Like, it, obviously, it still costs millions of dollars to make some film, you know. And I was thinking with this, um, the short, you know, with, with the short that we're talking about. Um, one thing I remember when I went to film school, we spent a lot of time looking at things that were possible for us to produce with very little budget, you know, and like, it's really interesting because I think there's, there's a car and there's a house and that, you know, like it's quite, you know, like in a service station, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it feels a generous service station. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You can use our toilets. And I'm just thinking there is something really interesting about the way that a lot of these tools are in the hands of more people. Mm. You know, I'm really old and, you know, when I went to film school, we were literally filming on film and like we did do digital, but it was like, oh, beta. And yeah, Yeah, it's it's really embarrassing. But I just think there's something interesting about the availability. And I was thinking even the savvy that, I use that word savvy and not a negative way, but the fact that people are making sort of Instagram stories and, you know, yeah, Facebook Live and... TikTok and... Yeah, TikTok. Yeah. And I just think, I don't know, like, it must be really interesting to be working at that moment, like, to mm. be writing at that moment. Yeah, it's interesting for me because I feel like over the last sort of five or six years in my apprentice- film apprenticeship, I have, in a way 
also just like just trying to really understand the basics yeah 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 <laughs> so so like yeah how am I going to write a like a 90 page script uh, and um you know how am I going to like uh, make it work within the sort of the realm of this, the bud this but what this budget might be and um but it um I as I guess coming from a visual arts background I've mm, always mm. been um, I've always just like tried stuff out myself just to have experienced like um, what that technology offers and uh, I think um, yeah I guess what storytelling is in this moment is um, yeah it's totally up for grabs and there is more um, more access like you can ma- you can make a film on your camera and you know you don't have to wait two years for funding um, uh, or you know um, you you know you you can um, yeah I, th- I definitely think there are so many ways that you that you can tell um, uh, screen based um, uh, stories and yeah I think it's going to be exciting to see yeah um, and yeah. even like I was. I was talking to a friend the other day about this. I, I, I've started noticing that, um, I don't even know how to call it, but there's there's almost like this um, sort of underground publishing that's taking place where we're all emailing our work to each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this, and I thought, that's really interesting as well to me, you know, that, um, you know, like obviously there's zines and there's all those mm. amazing things that happen. And then there's also like this kind of, underground thing that's happening where and and what a strange thing for a writer to be in control of who reads their work you know like obviously often when things are published it's like ooh, (laughs) anyone can read it but I just yeah I just think that there's some interesting stuff happening as far as um page writing goes as well like yeah and it's and it's um it's great that there are like different like different communities and like there are times where we all come together but there's also times where we can like go off and do our own thing and um and and that seems exciting like um uh yeah just that like that that kind of um uh like wealth of initiative and um yeah, it's very cool. And it kind of takes us back to that idea of relationships as well. You know, like, mm. you know, like there are, I always think of it like webs. I don't know why. Like, I just, yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like, and that's there and that's there and that's there. And I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think it's, it's really, um, I mean, I always feel like all these things, like the, the tools of the craft, the people that we're working with, the ways that we're working, what we're reading, all those sorts of things, they're shaping the work quite a lot, aren't they? And I was just thinking about this idea of um, that sort of imaginations interacting. Mm. And also just that, again, it, it sort of does something really nice to that idea of singular artist mm. or, you know, like, inside you know like I don't know it's yeah interesting. There's, there's something really great about um for me um sort of the culture of like um like female and queer MCs and DJs and um oh there's this um particular group I'll put we'll put a link in but um their motto is like amplify each other <laughs> oh. and, uh, and it's just you know that um and and I guess within a culture of uh that you know where's like uh, sampling is like um, uh, we, you know can be um, like uh, a sign of or it can be an act of um, of recognition or worship or um, or like celebration or um, just like I see you and uh, and um, yeah to to me that sort of pushes also pushes back against um, like when you when you're in a community that um, uplifts and sort of uh, tries to help resource each other as well mm-hmm. then um, yeah there is that kind of generosity that yeah pushes back against the kind of like singular like lone genius t- sort of um, stereotype or this very um, vertical hierarchical ascension to <laughs> something <laughs> and it's like <laughs> Yeah, so so um um 
yeah, that I guess yes, our storytelling culture is is the relationships that um, make it, and um, yeah. Because I was just thinking, um, I was remembering some of my funnest time as far as film goes or screen goes is that you know someone who was perhaps a first AD on one film is now doing catering on someone else's film you know like <laughs> yeah. just that wonderful thing it's like oh I was director of photography last week now I'm <laughs> gonna go and run and get you some burgers or something I don't know yeah and I just I really love that kind of it does feel like a fluid hierarchy and like mm. what you're talking about just seems so much more like every now and then I think oh it's it's for you know it's because again this idea where I'm thinking oh capitalism blah, you know like we have to blah, 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 we have to break blah 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 but actually it just sounds like a lot more fun yeah I think there are um in the film industry at the moment there are some really amazing um uh, uh, like groups of people who are um who are working in or trying to create structural change mm. in so that there are um uh, healthier ways to um like work together and uh, that draw on kaupapa Māori and um, uh, ways of storytelling and um, and also that sort of um, uh, yeah that uh, put uh, challenge the like the utter racism of our storytelling culture um, by um, working collectively to um, to to resource. Um, uh, their particular communities um, so I think um, so that um, and so we st we're seeing different ways of making films like um, like uh, Brown Sugar, Apple Grunt um, are behind uh, like Wadu and Vai um, and um, there's uh, like um, uh, Proudly Asian Theatre um, and the um, Pan-Asian uh, Screen Collective and Pacifica Screen Collective. Uh, so there's like, um, yeah, really exciting, um, I guess, yeah, sort of um, organisations that are, um, yeah, working in, uh, and <laughs> not like the, the, I guess you'd call it the, the Pākehā way, mm -hmm. or the, or the, um, the, the very hierarchical, um, uh, uh, sort of, I guess, the way the industry sort of operated in the, um, but yeah, and I guess sort of in a way it, all that activity is grounded in the fact that um, Indigenous filmmakers have um, always been at the forefront of our storytelling culture and um, like um, Ramai Hayward and Medita Mitter, um, you know, it's sort of uh, building on their legacies as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to, um, or oh, I feel very, um, grateful to be, um, yeah, in this, I guess in this time and yeah, I think consciously we can choose to make work in different ways. Um, and yeah, we just have, yeah, we just do it. Yeah. Yeah. So true. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> hey, we're just about the end, but I just wondered if we could finish. I was embarrassed and amazed when I started looking into Andrea Arnold. Yes. And it's just like every film I've loved, somehow I didn't know she directed yes. it. And I just feel and just, she seems like such a cool person as well. And I just wonder, where would you, if people like Milk, what would you recommend as far as looking at her career goes? Yeah, I really love, I guess, um, Andrea Arnold's uh, co-papa seems to be, yeah, she just really follows her own sort of gut and instinct mm. and, and fascinations. Um, so, yeah, all her... Um, all the short films of hers that you can find online. Um, the um, the short film um, Wasp is another really mm -hmm. um, uh, amazing one, and um, yeah, I really loved uh, Fish Tank um, and American Honey. Ah, oh, that's the quite recent feature, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so she kind of employs um, 
like almost a sort of um, documentary mm. approach to, um, and she works with a lot of non-actors as mm. well. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's um, this kind of very interesting sort of grafting of kind of like um, uh, I guess of of um, uh, sort of performance um, and. What would you call, do you call it cinema verite? I'm not yeah, sure yeah. what the term is, but um, and she also directed um the second season of Big Little Lies, mm. uh, but I'm not sh- uh I'm not sure if she had like director's cut mm. on that, mm. um, but um yeah there are some I I feel there's like a characteristic Andrea Arnold <laughs> vibe in some of the shots and um. Yeah, and I quite enjoyed sort of her treatment of those characters. Um, because I yeah. was thinking, um, like that when I read that, and I sort of went back and looked at a couple of episodes, just thinking about that, and I was thinking about Alison McLean with Gossip Girl and stuff like that, mm. and I was thinking, it, we're so lucky, like all these yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. Capitalism is terrible, and having to eat is terrible. But also, like just thinking about the commercials that Alison McLean's directed, you know, like just, there's just this wonderful this thing you're talking about, like this. I don't know. This is what I heard. But, like, this flexibility of genre, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, what happens if I put myself into this, you know, put, put my, yes. put my what what I want to say into this, um, you know, situation, and what happens if I put it in here? And, yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting for me, I think. Yeah, and to keep that kind of um, curiosity and to, and to kind of be like, hmm, here I am in a dark comedy crime mystery. Like, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's so great. I just think it's so great. And yeah, I must admit, that's something I love um, in American Hunt. It's, it's just that idea of um, performing someone else, but also yourself is quite... Um, what am I trying to say? It, 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 like, that sort of idea of documentary versus, you know, character. I think there's something really interesting about um, yes, and trueness and falseness. I don't know. Like, yes. you know. <laughs> and that goes back to your question about, um, uh, was it something about, um, like, you as a writerly character? Mm, mm. And, like, what... Um, I feel like we could, we could go on for another 10 minutes on this point, but, um, yeah, like, uh, what... Um, because I have this thing with characters where at a certain point, um, I'm, I'm like, I've never met, I've never met them before. Like they've come from my, they've come somehow come from me, but then they're very much like not, they're not me and they, they have, they have like their own kind of privacies, like these things that like I, you know, I, I am not privy to and, um, or, um, uh, or they'll completely surprise me as well. Like I'll be trying to direct them in a certain way, and and they'll be like, "No, I'm, I'm not that person." Like, <laughs> so yeah, I I find it interesting. Like, um, <laughs> I guess there's that moment as as the author, where you sort of, um, you you start listening to the character. So it's um, perhaps that's when you. Yeah, you step back as the, as the author character, yeah, and you start like yeah, just paying attention to, um, which which sounds completely insane. I I yeah. just I just totally am nodding my head until it falls off my neck because I just I totally know what you mean. Like every now and then, like I feel like often my job is to go and play with my imaginary friends, mm. but you know, and I totally know that point at which. It's like, who are you? Mm. Like, and I just think it is just bliss. And I remember, I remember, um, oh, it was Cory Doctorow saying this thing about how the yogurt he had for breakfast was more alive than the characters in his book. <laughs> and like, you know, like, yeah. yet we're so invested in these made up people in there. And it just, I don't know, I find it, I find it absolutely astounding and just, I love it. I really, really love it. And I think it's such a, wonderful thing to be involved even like you say just in those little tiny ways of sort of going oh what happens oh it's very exciting I love it yeah yep 
Learn, learning things from your own characters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, and that goes back to that thing you're saying about not knowing ourselves. Like maybe I don't know that part of myself, yeah. and it's like being reflected. Oh, it's like hello. I sound just like young now, but uh, well, yeah, not yeah. like young, but like someone who reads. Yeah. Wow. Well, we we came right back around. <laughs> yeah. We came right back around. That was so good. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Pip. You're awesome. Yay. You too. Okay, so this was my idea for an exercise. Um, I started getting fixated about this idea of only having image and sound. So what I wondered is, what it is, what is it um, for us to write a person from the outside only? So um, describe a person from only the outside. So we don't have any access to their thoughts or feelings or history. And um, we can only use image and sound. So... Have a go at that. See if it changes anything. Maybe it doesn't. But um, yeah, I just loved the way Rachel talked about this idea of us sort of often being interested in psychology. But yeah, I wonder what it is to write the outside of somebody rather than interiority. Anyway, um, have fun and thank you very much. Mm -hmm.